Hello, and welcome back to the Host by Tori show. We have on our first repeat guest, Stephanie Rice from Better Bar, who is truly one of my favorite people in the space. For those of you who don't know Stephanie, first go back and listen to our first episode, but she owns a low and no alcohol event bartending business based in San Francisco, but she can also travel anywhere. She recently just hosted an event for a high school's prom, which triggered this episode and what we talk about. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode or any other episodes, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. So, okay, what did we talk about? We talked about how a high school reached out to Better Bar to serve inventive drinks at their prom, how to explain to high schoolers what non-alcoholic drinks taste like if they don't have alcohol as a baseline, and why Stephanie decided on adaptogenic drinks only. If it's morally right to serve those under 21 a virgin margarita and how marketing plays into that, how Stephanie thinks about catering drinks to Gen Z around nostalgia, and getting away from making drinks black and white for those that are alcoholic versus non-alcoholic instead of just thinking about them as another beverage. Stephanie is awesome. I'm so excited for this episode, so let's get into it. Stephanie, I am so glad you are on as my first repeat guest. First, everything. (laughs) And why I'm excited to talk to you is just because last time I felt like we had so much to talk about and it was just so casual and natural and why I'm excited to bring you on, on for round two. We are going to talk everything related to you hosting a prom event, which is sick, and then also like Gen Z and everything. Honestly, I wore my Duke sweatshirt to kind of get into the college slash younger demo mindset, aka I just like didn't want to wear anything nice because I had a hectic travel day from New York. Um, But anyway, let's first start with you being an event person. And if people want to go back and listen to your first podcast that we did on Um, everything related to Better Bar, but you do events in the San Francisco area and in other places as well. But you recently did a prom. So tell me about that. Did they come to you? Like, that is so interesting to me because I would have never thought about that. Um, Did they come and approach you? How did you get the deal? What were they looking for? Just give us the backstory there. Yeah, super interesting. Honestly, one of my most fascinating events to date, um, for sure. The school was hosting a prom. It was a private school in the Bay Area, um, an affluent private school. And I got an inbound to my website from one of the students on the prom committee. So that was very fascinating to me as well, because clearly this 16, 17, 18-year-old student um, was on the committee. They were looking for a more inventive drinks approach to the prom. So the introductory call was with a kid. Uh, <laughs> it was a very different deal than than uh, someone having a baby shower, obviously. And they found me via straight up Google search. Um, Is your SEO good? Like, have you optimized that? I, I, I wish I could admit that I'm like really on it in that department. But I think my I've gotten some press mentions. And my website has all the buzzy keywords. And I think the press um, doubled with the keywords on my website, plus having a Yelp page and a Google My Business page just really makes it easy for folks yeah. for a non-alcoholic bar, you know, zero proof drinks, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out Yelp. Shout out Yelp. Totally. And she found me from direct uh, search engine and which is awesome too, right? So not word of mouth. And 
they were looking to just have more inventive drinks options. They had a budget via the prom committee um, that they wanted to use towards this. And I was able to offer them my services at a bit of a discount. I was really intrigued by the market research opportunity there. Like they didn't have a super hefty budget, but I thought it was worth it just to explore what kinds of drinks would resonate with this audience. Um, I had never done an event where the target audience was 16 to 18 year olds. It's always been, you know, the elder millennial crowd or older folks in corporate. And if there are kids, it's normally babies and toddlers because you're doing a baby shower. Um, So this is a new new venture. So when they they came to you, did they say, hey, we're looking for, like, did they know what they wanted? Did they want, did they know brands? Did they know they wanted like certain non-alcoholic cocktails or wines or or beer? Or did you kind of say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to put something together for you guys? Like, what was that like? They knew nothing. So that was what was really interesting is they were like, hey, you look cool. We will just take your recommendation on what to do here. Interesting. Like, no input needed. Um Yeah. And then the next thing I knew, I I proposed an idea. Typically, as you know, from the last episode, we better bar does low and no alcohol versions of classic Mm -hmm. cocktails. So we'll show up with a bartender glassware ice and do low and no ABV margaritas, Manhattans, drinks you would see on a classic cocktail menu if you're of age. Obviously, you have to rethink that when the target audience are folks that are 16 to 18 years old and have likely never had a drink. Um, So that was the most interesting problem to solve. So when I got on the phone with... Did you... Wait, hold on. Did you think think about that before you got there? Because I would have... Like, that doesn't even cross my mind because every single person that I talk to is like, I want non-alcoholic wine that's going to taste like wine, right? And and you're talking to a demo who hopefully doesn't know really what wine tastes like or they're, you know, not like looking for that. So was that something that you thought of beforehand or you like recognized more in the moment? Uh, definitely thought about it before I hopped on the call with um, the students. And it's interesting, right? If you take a step back in this industry, like for example, you look at a Boisson or the new bar, right? Which love Brianda. I um, think she's amazing. The best. That's how you interviewed with her. Um, this industry is is not highly regulated. And from what I understand, the regulations differ from state to state. So for example, like Boisson in San Francisco, anyone can go and walk in and buy 16, 17, 18, you know, buy a bottle of the zero proof tequila or Katy Perry's De Soie. And it's, there's no, there's no difference there in the mind of Boisson. However, wait, can they, sorry, can they buy the 0.5, like, can they buy Athletic Brewing? I don't know the exact, from what I know, I talked to folks at Boisson in the store and they were like, anyone can come in and buy from here. And there's no, and, and, and I still don't quite, how gray is that? You know, like yeah, yeah. I think it is just a little gray for folks and right. um, there's not a lot of regulation in the space. It's brand new. And what's, what's really interesting there is, okay, sure. Boisson can take that stance and say, whoever wants to come in, come in and buy. But me as the event person bringing the bar to the, the party, I have to think about like what the implications are here, even though technically it's 
legal for me to bring mm. zero proof beverages that mimic the taste of gin or tequila. Like how moral is it for me to serve yeah. a zero proof margarita to someone who is 16 and never had a margarita, right? Is it kind of like, you know, from a moral perspective, there's a piece of me that's like, well, we shouldn't be training them on the behavior necessarily. It's like giving a kid an e-cigarette. It's like the, the jewel proposition, right? Are you just like training them to, to smoke and get hooked in a weird way? So I had to think about how I wanted to present the bar in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I presented it to the to the student committee by saying that we would focus on adaptogenic beverages that are their own category. Um, Cause the last thing I wanted, and, and then it was a, the school's event too. It was at the actual prom by the school yeah. after party. So the last thing I needed was a kid going to prom and being like, Oh my God, mom, we had fake margaritas. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. mom called the school and be like, who did you bring to this event? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah, go ahead. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. The two different pieces of this category. One is spirits and wines and beers that are replicating alcoholic beverages, but they don't have alcohol, right? And then there's a whole different part of the category that is its own thing. Like three-spirit wine is not wine with the alcohol stripped out of it. Gia is a aperitif that doesn't have alcohol, but it's like its own taste and feel. It's not mimicking Aperol or something like that. Uh, it, it, it's like there are two separate things you're kind of looking at. And I think your point was to let's go the not mimic alcohol route and go with these just like different brands and beverages on more of like the aptogenic side um, because they're not mimicking the taste. It feels better morally to an extent. And people wouldn't have really something to compare it to probably. Exactly. So we, we kind of piloted both. So I, I'll, I'll explain. So basically what we did once I won the business, I was like, okay, we need to think about a menu here and what I'm trying to learn from this event and what's going to go over really well with the palate of a 16 year old. So I got a couple of my friends together. I bought a bunch of different cans. Got a bunch of 30 year olds together to be yeah, like, Hey, let's, let's put on our 16 year old palate. <laughs> I was like, what do we got? We got a limited amount of time. I got to make this happen. And um, oh we tried a couple different can. We went with the canned beverage approach because they're budget was lower and honestly like the craft cocktail for the that age range like didn't really land for me in the same way and the the canned beverages have such vibey branding like if you look at Hio like that is like the Gen Z can when i see it like the gradient colors etc so we tried a couple beverages with the thought process in mind that it can't be too bitter to mature, we need to go after the things that maybe have a sweeter flavor profile um, or mm. more citrusy, even though I don't love super sweet. Like these guys, um, their frame of reference, it was interesting at the event itself, a number of them came up to the bar and said, do you have anything that mimics a Shirley Temple? And oh I, my gosh. I was like offended and I was like, oh my goodness, guys, like this industry has completely changed. I mean, they would have no idea because Shirley Temple is the frame of reference for a non-alcoholic drink. It was like Wait, that's, color being thrown at me. That's um, so funny. Wait, do you call it Shirley Temple? Yeah. Do you know like kitty cocktail? No. Do you know that term? No. That's like the Midwest term for Shirley Temple. No. It's like a kitty cocktail, which is just like funny. 
But when I say that to people who don't live in the Midwest, they're, they think I'm crazy. Yeah, so no, no, anyway, Shirley Temple for- but that's so funny. But that's the frame of reference, right? So when I went to this tasting with some of my friends, we had to kind of make sure it would appeal to that palette and what we landed on. So I split my menu into two sections and typically, so typical better bar events, there's a low ABV section, of the menu and a no ABV section mm-hmm. menu. And it's the same cocktail done two ways. So the lower Manhattan and the Manhattan. For this event, we did two sections of the menu. The first section of the menu was called Better For You Beverages. So we served Hayo and Dessois, both of which okay. promote being adaptogenic and having natural mood like functional. boosting properties and yeah. totally fine for minors. The second section of the menu was called cocktails, no proof needed. It's very intentional with that wording because I'm really trying to get away from the word mocktail. I know it's our favorite. I no, no, I am too. No, like I I originally my old brand, I, I think you knew me then, make my mocktails. And it was just because it was like catchy and the three M's and the alliteration, whatever. I now really don't like that term because what I'm doing and what you're doing is so much more sophisticated than a sugary, gross mocktail and and what it's like original term meant. And it's a non-alcoholic cocktail. Yes. It's just a mouthful, which I'm trying to, you know, I don't know. You can steal, steal my, like, honestly, cocktails, no proof needed, AKA no ID and no actual proof. Yeah. Unintended. I'm, I'm, that's, that's how it's, they're cocktails. Like we're. But, but did you use NA spirits? So the, the canned, we used canned beverages in that section as well. And I chose things. So the way that I thought about this is I chose things that would have the complexity of a cocktail, but were far enough away from actual spirits that there yeah. wouldn't be. It, it honestly was more of a moral, like what am I comfortable with serving as a brand question. So we ended up serving Bax Botanics, Zingy Lemon Verbena. And if you know Bax Botanics, they don't promote themselves as- I actually don't know them. Oh, they're based in the UK. They're really delicious. They're totally 0.0. Okay. Um, they're kind of, if we're talking to folks who drink, like most similar to a gin and tonic-esque cocktail, but they, okay. they really stay away. I mean, they have in their description, like if you like gin and tonics, you'll like this, but they really do stay away uh, from kind of promoting the relative to alcohol terminology. Um, and it, it, it honestly is just like a, the lemon verbena one is just a citrusy you know, floral fizzy drink. And the other thing that I chose to serve was an alcohol-free Prosecco. And I was really intentional here. We ended up serving Groovy. Have you had Groovy? Yeah. So we ended up serving Groovy's Dry Secco and their Dry Rosé. Couple things there. The Dry Secco and the Dry Rosé, the way that they package it is in these cute little glass bottles. Yes. You've seen that? So it actually doesn't look like a wine bottle. Like I try yes. very versus like, I love Prima Pave, their branding's beautiful, but it really does look like a beautiful wine bottle. And I thought it would send the wrong message. Right. So we went with Groovy because of that aesthetic a little bit. And, and it's like a little sweeter. It's a little sweeter for sure. Yeah. And there was something, this is just me. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like giving a 16 year old a zero proof margarita with zero proof tequila feels really not great to me, but there is something around like, 
Prosecco and like you give kids ginger ale and Martinelli's and like the fizzy celebratory aspect of it that feels a little less taboo than like when you're making that association than giving someone bourbon, fake bourbon, whatever you want to call it. So I've actually never thought about this concept before, which is really interesting. Um, I get the Martinelli's comparison for sure. My, like, morale-wise when I'm thinking about it, so some sober people, right, they will have a virgin margarita full stop. And they're sober, but they have, like, a virgin margarita, like, to mimic the taste effectively and the participation of alcohol. How does that feel different than a kid getting, like, a virgin margarita? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I know it's weird. I'm just trying to, like, in my head, if, like, if someone's sober and has, like, gone through that and is still drinking a, you know, fake margarita, yes, they're of age, but they maybe haven't had the best relationship with alcohol, who knows why they're sober, right? There could be so many reasons. But for a kid, like, 16, 18-year-old, whatever, is that different? I'll give you my thoughts because I, I don't have the answers either. We're, we're building. No, I like want to talk. Like I'm just I'm I'm playing devil's advocate for you. For sure. So this is my personal thing. I think there's a lot more stigma around spirits and just yes. alcohol cocktails. Yes, that's fair. That and and the for me in the marketing world there is this positive, more positive, a little lighter association, I think with the champagnes. Yeah. Like it is just a perception thing on my side. And I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm the first to sit here and be like, glamorizing alcohol is not great for kids. All the negative associations that come with it aren't great. But at the same, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I also do love a glass of champagne done responsibly. Like the other side of that is it's, it can be fun. And one glass in moderation or two, like, isn't the worst thing in the world. This is just me speaking personal opinion experience. Um, And I, I just think the spirit, the spirit concept around kids feels like a more slippery slope. And I, I also think there's a larger association outside of champagne with fizzy drinks and celebration, mm. right? Like like a sparkling water in a wine glass, with like a fun toy, like you like two, this, right? And like <laughs> glass, I'm holding a Lacroix. You don't, right? We, we <laughs> you don't sit there. Bubbles. bubbles. People want bubbles. People want bubbles. Yes, this is what it is. It's bubbles. I could. I haven't even like. It's bubbles. It's bubbles. And there was. There, the, the last time I was on the show, we talked about that concept, the most advanced yet acceptable yes. move for society. Maya. Yeah, Maya. So this kind of feels like in that neighborhood of like the most advanced yet acceptable. Like, I don't know if we're at a place where we feel comfortable as a society handing a kid a zero proof margarita at a school sanctioned event. It was funny, though, because I did post a poll on my Instagram. I was so curious and asked people, hey, how would you feel if it was your party and you had zero proof margaritas and there were kids there that were 16, Mm. 18? And the majority of the responses that I got on my Instagram is people felt totally fine with it. Giving folks zero proof margaritas. Yeah. Um, I think if it was not a education school sanctioned event, I probably would yeah. ask the parent directly. But I think when you're in this realm of 
the education system or the school itself sponsoring, um, I wanted to tread tread really lightly. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And I think from your branding, you do have to be pretty careful and like particular about how you want to present yourself there. Um, if it was a parents' event and they were hosting it at their house and they had low and no options and their 17-year-old was there and wanted a virgin margarita, like I think that's personally exactly. okay. And I think part of it too is like if you're giving people at a younger age more of the options around a cool drink and a glass, they can participate with the parents, mm-hmm. right? Because you're always like, I want to I want to have a drink of, like with my mom and dad or like I want something to order when you're at the knitter table when you're little. So you get the the Shirley cocktail or Shirley yeah. Temple. <laughs> um, you get that, right? Because you want that fun drink. And so uh, if you're able to do that with your parents and not have it be alcohol, I think it's the it's like a similar concept to the whole Europe thing. Like they can drink when they're younger and so then they don't have as many problems as the U.S. Like if we educate more and give more really great non-alcoholic options to those that are younger earlier, do we have these potential problems in high school and college or the excessive types of drinking? And like I don't know what the, the answer is, but I do think continuing to educate the younger demographic on this and the more and more it continues to grow, which this industry and category are growing, I do think beneficial. And maybe they don't need the tequila or they don't want the vodka because they still have the the cool drink. But we'll we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, I want to hear about. So what was the perception? Like you you set up, you got there, you're seeing all the you're seeing all the kids all at prom all dressed, all dressed up. energy. <laughs> Wait, so like, so like, was it, was it a dance floor situation? Was it, give us the lay of the land. So the prom, I'll paint the picture. So the prom was held at uh, the Winchester Mystery House. So it's a famous sort of haunted vibe. Yes. And there was an outdoor seating area. Um, Imagine just like a small wedding. There was an outdoor seating area with a bar, sit down dinner, buffet style. They have Olive Garden, um, which looked delicious. And then breadsticks for life. Yes, exactly. And then they had a dance floor situation. Couldn't have hit the stereotype prom more on the head. (laughs) Um, So good. And they also the bar was was fully set up. And when the kids started to arrive um, and order the drinks, there were two things I noticed over the course of the evening. Number one, um, which is probably not going to be surprising, but it was really interesting to see it in in the flesh. Um, The kids cared about the aesthetics. I I knew you were going to say that, like the branding. The branding. The branding. Like, like, I mean, and listen, like, let's not try to, we talk about this all the time. Let's not try to glamorize running a small business. Like before I set up this like really cute vibey bar with the neon sign and the vibey drinks, like I'm hustling with a car, like sweating. There were like zero, like, aesthetic vibes in the 45 minutes before. Oh, I saw the behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then we get there and it's all vibey and cute. And the girls come up and they go to order drinks. And the first thing some of these girls said was, oh my God, we love the bar aesthetic. And listen, we know Gen Z uses the word aesthetic, but I don't want to see them on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram. Hearing so hearing it to my face, I, I was I just was kind of like, I think I can die happy. Like Gen Z That's just so blessed good. my aesthetic and we're good here. Um, but it was one of the first things they said. And it was also really interesting because I had the dry secco 
on display. And Groovy also makes a dry and alcohol-free rosé. And I didn't mm-hmm. have the pink bottle on display, right? It's like a bar when you order at a wedding where all the candles right. are out. And the girls went to order and they wanted the dry secco. And I happened to mention kind of like a secret menu at In-N-Out. I had some of the dry rosé, but I just hadn't put them out. And I was like, oh, I also have this in a pink rosé version. And all the girls' faces lit up. They're like, oh, we want that one. And I do edible glitter in the cocktails. And I was like, oh. Wait, what is that? The edible glitter? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Fancy sprinkles. They do edible sugars for um, cupcakes and whatnot, but they also make edible glitters for cocktails. And the girls just squealed. And it was so cute because they were like, oh, no, we want the the pink one, the pink one. Like they could have cared less probably what it tasted like. Um, So I gave them the pink beverage. And it was really interesting because a few minutes later, some of their girlfriends they must have seen another group of friends come up and the the main girl who is kind of the ringleader i could tell ran up to the other group <laughs> and they were like oh listen pro tip pro tip there's a pink version of this oh my gosh so this idea of like a secret menu i started to think about i was like should i do like a secret menu and kind of like blast it on instagram before an event they were really and it wasn't even intentional i just happened to not have that have that bottle yeah the girls felt really cool i think um we also had edible flowers in the drinks. Okay. They all loved that. And we served Hayo, which comes in a can, but I was pouring the canned beverages into cups. And okay. this was also really interesting. Hayo, we have three different flavors, a peach, a watermelon, and a blackberry. The blackberry one is very red when you pour it into a can, into a cup, excuse me. The It was like wildfire with the boys the boys were like oh we want the red one we want the red one like they they just saw the red drink so i was really kind of taken aback by the level of emphasis on the aesthetic because yeah it was felt from both the girls uh and the boys so was so was one drink more popular like you, you kind of talk about groovy and hio was that like a split did you notice people, boys or girls gravitating more towards one or another? Definitely. What didn't, what didn't do well, or you don't have to say, but like, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I wouldn't say there was anything that didn't do well, but I, everyone kind of tried everything. And I think there was something really fun about none of the drinks being familiar to people. Mm. So you couldn't be like, oh, I'd prefer that. You, you probably didn't yeah. prefer it. So everyone was trying things for the first time. Um, the Hayo by far was the most popular um, with the branding and the colors and the vibes. And I think once one kid had like the red or peach colored beverage, like they all wanted it. Um, and it kind of speaks to what a great job they've done with their their branding in particular. Right. It speaks to both genders um, and the feel, the float tagline of just the natural mood boosting effects, I think really resonates. Um, the groovy was definitely more popular with the girls. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's it's more of like a girlish brand too mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the brand, the branding for me too, right? Like not even Gen Z, like straight up millennial. I think the branding's really important and I actually prefer brands where it doesn't seem like this is a straight replacement like sans or no alcohol over it like I want it to just kind of stand on its own to a certain extent and just be that beautiful thing on my shelf I don't need it to say if it has alcohol or not because it's just another mixer or drink that I include in in making my cocktails and so I actually don't even love the framing of like alcoholic or non-alcoholic and seeing it 
in a brand because for a lot of people, it also doesn't matter. It's just like another drink. You exactly. know? That brings up a really good point. So the first thing I noticed with the with the Gen Z serving was the, the focus on aesthetics. The second thing, and we could probably spend an hour talking about this, it was I had a hard time when they would order drinks at the bar. So if they ordered the Groovy or the Bax Botanics, and the Bax Botanics is kind of similar to a gin and tonic, sweeter, more floral, lemony, more lemony. And the back and the groovies, obviously an alcohol free Prosecco. Um, I, I didn't really think about this going into it, but I had a hard time explaining those drinks in terms that weren't relative to alcohol. So yeah. I said something to the kids like, yeah, this is groovy. Um, it's an alcohol free Prosecco. So if, if you've ever had a sip of your parents, right? Like it's, it's bubbly, it's floral, it's going to be a little sweeter. And there was one boy, I'll never forget it. Cause he was just so honest and direct, which is why you got to love kids. He just looked at me when I said that and he was like, well, I've never had Prosecco. <laughs> and yeah. That was like, great point, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually don't know if I would have known the term Prosecco when I was 16. Like I did not drink in high school at all. Like literally one time, probably senior year. Uh, just because I was like a Getty two shoes and I was busy with swimming and whatever. And I just never kind of partook in partake partook in it. Um, and like, I was never really that interested in my parents' drinks either, but it, it it's hard to articulate what that tastes like because every time someone's asking us about non-alcoholic beverages, it's want them wanting it to taste as similar as possible to alcohol. Because they like the taste of alcohol, they want to mimic the act of drinking alcohol, but they don't want the negative side effects of alcohol. And kids don't know that yet. Like, they don't know the ramifications of alcohol in that way. They, they're, they're, they don't know what these things taste like. So so what did you say? So I, what, were I, the, what were the scripting terms that you used? I struggled so much in this department, and it really made me think after the event – like there's such an opportunity here to market these to your point as their own thing and not as something that's less than or lacking like alcohol-free Prosecco right. implies that it's missing something that you're not getting, you know, from in the actual Prosecco. Um, totally. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> I said something along the lines of, yeah, I mean, it's similar to if you've ever had Martinelli's, but a lot less sweet, which like I was trying, it was interesting when I think back to the moment of like what my intuition was trying to do, I was trying to think of something that would have the same nostalgic pull mm. or like, like, cause the whole thing with Better Bar is it's, uh, like when you think of a margarita with less alcohol, it's something that your memory has an association with in the moment of like having a celebration or a good time. Mm. So I was trying to think, I'm actually like working through this in real time. Like I was trying to think what is the beverage that these kids would associate with this fun, momentous occasion when they're obviously not having alcohol. Yeah. And the closest thing I got, it was so sad. I was like, Martinelli's, Shirley Temple. Right? So, do you do you think that people are more likely to want a nostalgic beverage versus trying something new in general? Um, or is it more that like the the target market that you usually work with are adults who have 
drank before and you're trying to associate it with that without the negative I think side effects. it's bigger than that. I think that emotion is a really powerful tool when you're trying to get someone to try something for the first time, making it mm. relative to an experience they've had. There are self-driving cars all over San Francisco at the moment. It is a car. It looks just like a car. You just get in it and there's no driver. So you're like, okay, I have a frame of reference of how this is supposed to go. We're supposed to stay in our lane, right? Like, So you you have an emotion towards that that's familiar before you go and do what feels like this quote unquote scary new thing. Um, not that trying alcohol-free Prosecco is the same as getting into a self-driving car, but you can see the similarity in that newness. Um, so I, I wonder like, what is the association, the emotional association that Gen Z would have towards like a celebratory beverage or is there, is yeah. there not one? And is it, we're starting from scratch here. We have a blank canvas to kind of make it whatever we want it to be for them. It's so interesting because I, so kind of going back to this like nostalgia thing. So Two things. One is I think you're right around emotion and people wanting to feel attached to something like that, even in normal like day, like in a normal day. Right. You when you go out for something, you want to get it because you've had like a positive experience with it before or trying something new at this place has led to a positive experience, like anything kind of related to that concept. But when I was younger the celebratory thing that we would do after like a uh, I was in band when I was in middle school so I have to like say that but like we 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 would go to my local Dairy Queen and like my husband now is like I can't believe you went to Dairy Queen like Dairy Queen is the goat in the Midwest but we would all go to Dairy Queen in the show uh like on the cone yeah yeah. and but I would get like a cone with sprinkles or like a blizzard but we would all go to Dairy Queen and hang out and we would do that throughout the summer because we could ride our bikes there and and do it on our own and that was really fun and that's like what I associate a lot of my childhood is with Dairy Queen and that's what we celebrated with because I never really cared about drinks like I had chocolate milk after swimming which I liked but I would just drink water or Gatorade with like swim practice, but I never really drank. We didn't drink pop at home and I never, my mom never bought it. I never had that as like a treat. It was always more tied to like food for us, like even Cold Stone, none of the ice cream place, like Cold Stone after swim meets or things like that. It'd be like a celebratory meal or dessert. And um, now in Austin, we have Dairy Queen and it makes me like really nostalgic to go to Dairy Queen and it's like so random, but I love it so much because I just grew up with it. Anyway, my point being that like, I don't think that people think of drinks as celebratory when they're younger. Mm -hmm. Like we're not worried about these types of drinks because we don't socialize with our friends over drinks. We socialize with them over sports or orchestra or band or like school activities or the parks but we're not drinking during that so like so what are people what is that feeling that people want I don't know and it's as you were talking I was was thinking about that the feeling might be 
because I'm thinking about when I'm like, well, when I was younger, I <laughs> now we're just going to do like a flashback yeah. on our childhood. Well, growing back in Miami, growing up in Miami, there's such a focus on like nightlife and, and, and going mm. out and like seeming older than you are and getting dressed up. Right. It's, it's kind of like LA in that sense. So at least for me, I always wanted to seem like an older, like cool girl. And I mm. don't think that that feeling has necessarily changed across the country um for kids like right the classic storyline like i want yeah i want to move out of the midwest and like go to new york and you know like um fulfill my dreams that that right. vision is very much the vision of like growing up i feel like in in america and there is an element i think of tapping into that in the zero proof space that i think is really interesting right um like this aspirational um, vibe of we're not there yet, but we want to feel like we're a part of the conversation to your point around my parents are hosting a party and they have a low and no alcohol bar. And I actually can have a zero proof margarita and be included as one of the quote unquote adults in this group. Yeah. Um, versus while I love the Dairy Queen, uh, story, like it is, um, childlike. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's totally. Awesome about that. Don't get me wrong. Like there are plenty of times where I just want ice cream in my pajamas and watch real housewives for sure. But then there's the other side of that, where there's times where you want to get dressed up and feel like refined mm. and there's, and you need both. It's the yin and yeah. yang, right? So maybe there's an element in, in tapping into Gen Z having their own thing, like, Hio or adaptogenic beverages, whatever you want to call it, that's their version of a glass of champagne. Yeah. And I think that if that was normalized. And I think that happens, this this aspirational wanting to seem cooler or older than you are, that happens in like high school, right? So you're talking about you're you're not in middle school when you're doing that for the most part. Like you want to be cool or whatever, but you're still wearing like or we were wearing Abercrombie and like pink Victoria's Secret pants right. and stuff. When you, you know? start, like, when you start driving, I feel like, you know, like you have like. Yeah, it's like when you're driving and like going places. And I do think that the branding and the way that you participate is important. And a lot of the times, I don't think the kids want the alcohol. I think they want to participate. And so changing the narrative around that piece of it right um and also i also think that kind of coming back to the like pop or soda whatever people call it these days a lot of the time we weren't allowed to drink it at least i wasn't or we didn't have it around because it's not good for you whereas some of these brands and beverages are functional or they're like low in sugar and they're they're not what coke and other things are perceived to be that are like very bad and sugary and caffeinated and things like that. Well, it was funny. I had both sides of the spectrum come up to me at the prom. I had kids come up and say, can we have something that really is not super sweet, doesn't have a lot of sugar? And so that was an opportunity to show them like all of these are low in sugar. And then the other piece of it was folks asking for, can we have something that's similar to a Shirley Temple? And I just sat there and thought to myself, wow, we have so much work to do in changing the association um, between yeah. non-alcoholic drinks and really sugary drinks. Um, and there's a really interesting opportunity here to 
win hearts and minds. I mean, I can't, it's very hard to put into words, but it was interesting. The teachers were there as well and they came and tried some of the drinks and I was like, okay, I got this. Like alcohol-free Prosecco, you get it, right? It was just such an easy- so, Yeah, easy they, they weren't asking you. <laughs> right, they just they kind of understood the assignment there. But it, with the kids, I almost, I could see in their eyes, like how moldable their brains are at this moment. And they were- they were really looking to me to kind of tell them how this was going to go. Like mm. I, I had created this space for a cool bar experience at their prom that they had never seen before. And you're like, oh my God, I have 10 seconds to kind of shift their perception because after this experience, they're either going to go home to their parents or all their friends and be like, oh my God, the coolest thing was that we had these drinks and they were this like cool thing that no one's ever seen, right? They're either going to go and do that or they're going to be like, this was so weird and I never okay. want to experience this again. Brianda and I were talking, founder of The New Bar, yeah. about this concept of the, a person's first time experiencing the category and how much that first impression will shift their view on the category. And it's going to differ across the board for a 45-year-old mom who has been a wine drinker her entire life and when she tries non-alcoholic wine, and that's going to be very different from someone who's 16, has never had a sip of alcohol, and is trying non-alcoholic drinks and how you tailor that experience to them. And I think it's extremely important for the success of the category around educating and making sure that people know what they're going to get and what the brand and different options are when they're first trying it. A hundred percent. And I had 10 seconds. It was the same. It's the same 10 seconds actually that you have with an adult to your point or a kid. Yeah. But the way you frame up the conversation is very different. And I learned that in real time. Like we can't go in here with 16 year olds and say, this is alcohol free Prosecco. That's not going to suffice. That's not, yeah. that's not going to give them anything to grab onto. And I could see that they were kind of like, huh? Um, yeah. And so I don't know, it kind of the question that remains, I think, with the younger generation is, and I, is do you frame the, these drinks as relative to alcohol for them? Do you just go with that? Do you just make it aspirational and th be like, you know, they're going to try alcohol at some point in the next two to three years kind of thing. So we're just going to go with this. Or do you figure out a way to frame it as its own thing? Do you create two different brands, you know, for the same kind of beverage, one that appeals to a younger audience that's not spoken in words relative to alcohol. Um, I think for things that are their own category, like the Dessois, the Hyos, Can You Forks, it's really easy. It's its own thing, to your point. It, it can be its own thing. But I struggle with things like Groovy that are delicious for adults, but can can also be delicious for that 16 to 20 year old market. Mm -hmm. do, do you like what do you do there? Yeah. Yeah. I, how I like to think about it, I honestly think about it in the sense that there are brands that I try and like, but I also am, I'm trying to get away from like, this is alcoholic, this is non alcoholic, versus just like, this is a beverage. Mm -hmm. And some have alcohol and some don't have alcohol because. I don't want my life to feel like I'm drinking an alcoholic beverage tonight and I'm not drinking one tomorrow. It's like, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a drink. Does it have alcohol? Does it not? Maybe, maybe not. But like I want to get away from this concept of it having to be black or white. And my husband does this all the time where he has 
He'll start with a couple of, of athletics. He'll have a cocktail at dinner. And then he'll have maybe like a glass of wine. And he's intermixing all the time. And he's thinking about it a little bit in terms of just like alcohol level. But um, how I talk with people about it is really trying to gain from them what they want out of it and tailoring it that way because I want them to have a good experience with the category in general. And so I don't know if there's like a good answer because there's so many different types. And like, would you call a poppy or an Olipop a non-alcoholic beverage? Just like a drink, but it's doesn't have alcohol, but it's, you know, like a kind of right. prebiotic soda. Would you call right? Would you call LaCroix a, a non-alcoholic drink? Like we're just talking about beverages, oh, yeah. right? And especially with you with no and low, like I think that too. It's like you have some that have lower alcohol and you have some that don't. I don't know. It's it's a confusing, it's a, like a confusing thing. I'm with your husband in the way that I like to consume low and no yeah. with him. Like I'll have a zero proof cocktail sometimes at dinner and then I'll have a glass of wine and feel great. And the thing that kept coming up for me as you were talking about this is at least for me, Better Bar has been an exercise in just removing micro stressors from this experience. Like how can we reduce the cortisol levels in the amount of like in during the experience when you're trying to order a drink? Because like I, I would hope this would resonate with you or your husband. I do this all the time where I'm like, Okay, so I have a really long day today. Like, this is my stream of consciousness in my mind. I have a really long day today. We are going to a workout class. I have a date later, but shoot, I'm going to a yoga class in the morning. But I kind of want to have, like, a little bit of buzz for this date, but, like, not too much of a buzz because I need to get eight hours of sleep. But, like, what if I have that second cocktail and I'm having a good time? We like, And it is just, like, a full send on my thoughts. And when I've talked to other people, I, I, it seems like this resonates on some level of just, like, I don't know what options are going to be available for me or yes, how I'm going to yes. feel in the moment. And there's all this pressure, quote unquote, or made up societal pressure. It's very, it, feel, it can feel very real, even though it's, it seems sometimes we made up in our head that we have to behave in a certain way in some of these situations. And if, if this industry can just alleviate that stress, like that's a win to me. Like, because- yeah. This is what would alleviate my stress. I go somewhere and I know there's going to be options that don't have alcohol. Like right. that would alleviate decide. all. So I can decide when I'm there versus like to your point, I'm like, oh, I look up the restaurant menu. They don't have anything. And then I'm like, well, I kind of maybe wanted a little bit of something, but then I don't have it. And then I get there. Like The whole thing is just confusing and cumbersome. And I just want to be able to decide when I get to a restaurant or someone's apartment or house and be like, I want this or I don't want it. Yeah. But I can't because I have to make my decision based on the restaurant mm -hmm. for when I go out and I think, or bar. And I think a lot of the the sub like subconsciously we're getting a little deep here. But I think to Brianda's <laughs> point, like I think a, a, a piece of people enjoying their first no or low alcohol experience centers around this this like subconscious message that, that someone receives around like wow, this is just, is this can has the potential to just like alleviate so much stress in my life. Yeah. I don't know and if I, that like registers like very clearly, you know, but I think that there's this working thought pattern of like, oh, how cool would this be if I had this stocked in my fridge at that time when I had my girlfriends over, we didn't want wine. Like the stream of consciousness just gets a little kinder and a little more totally. supportive 
Um, yeah. Like it makes your day and life just a little easier and more enjoyable. Yeah. Like even last week we went to this bar for a friend's like kind of birthday get together and they had this really cool thing where it was like draft cocktails, but it didn't have the booze in it. So then people could add booze or you could literally have it as like a mocktail, which was awesome. Amazing. And I got one of those and it was like a ranch watery type situation without the tequila. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to get a beer and I was like, oh, do you guys have beer? And they're like, oh, we just ran out of athletic. And I was like, I was like, I don't really want another cocktail. So then I got a beer that I like really love. I'm blanking on the name and they have it here and it's like super good, but I wouldn't have gotten it if they had athletic and I didn't need the ABV. I didn't, I just wanted to literally wanted a beer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't think too much about it. Cause I'm also trying this like thing where I don't give alcohol that much power. And, uh, so I didn't like care too much, but I, it was a deciding thing. Like a lot of the time I only am getting it because they don't have a non-alcoholic drink that I'm craving. And I am craving like wine or beer. Totally. Totally. I'm with you. I had a really similar experience. I'm doing the exact same thing where I try not to give alcohol too much weight in my mind. And I went on, um, I went on a date this week and I had had, um, two glasses of champagne that we were having fun. It was great. And like, I wanted to extend the night and the restaurant that we were at, like there were no non-alcoholic options. I was good Mm -hmm. for my evening. Um, and I wish I could have ordered, um, an alcohol free, uh, Prosecco or, or like, you know, just, something else actually i'm actually you know what like it it just would have made the when i'm thinking about that experience you know just it makes your night knowing that there there are options there for you to continue enjoying and sort of living the living the life that's most authentic to you i think that's what this this boils down to um so just getting more more options out there yeah i agree Okay. I think we have to wrap this. Uh, this was great. I, I mean, I could talk to you for two more hours, but it's the Friday before Memorial Day weekend and we got to get on with our, our three-day weekend. So thank you for coming on. Um, let's just give another shout to, to Better Bar and, and where people can find it and learn more and host some you can host some events for them. Oh, absolutely. So Better Bar is based in San Francisco, California. We do low and no alcohol event bartending for parties of all shapes and sizes, corporate events, baby showers, weddings, you name it, um, conferences. If you have an event in the Bay Area or beyond, we are expanding. Feel free to give us a shout on Instagram at Better Bar, or you can go to our website, better.bar. Love it. Thank you so much. Hi, See ya. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I am not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate or review the show. If you can, it helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, Host by Tori, and my website, www.hostbytori.com. See ya!